1: by the end of Cardinals Underground we hope to have a few more answers than we had questions to begin with Chandler Jones for example who knows what sort of answer will come up with those questions surrounding his attendance Cardinals Camp 2021 but we do have one answer and it does involve one of us Paul Calvisi Darren Erman Kyle Odegaard and Darren, you might have to go Paulie, pinch hitter here. I might need some assistance. Uh, Don't get I,
0: emotional, Paul. It's my quarterback,
1: man. I might go Terrell, Terrell Owens. I might be Dick Vermeule by the time we're done with this. You know, in Keith fact. Keith Rowan. <laughs> was, uh, how often have you guys ever, I'm going di- to diverge for a moment here. Okay. Uh, who's been a best man at some point in their life? I have, I have. I have. Okay. And it comes time for the toast. And here was my one and only experience as best man. The maid of honor was going first. And she was a complete basket case. They handed her the microphone. It was supposed to be a dual toast. She went first, and then I came in and, and wrapped things up and uh she couldn't talk and it was, she was crying, and Joe oh, was so emotional and then And the wedding coordinator was not happy, sort of like a sort of like a Jim Omahundro producer here, at Cardinals Underground, Pacific Office Automation, our proud sponsor, sponsor of the Arizona Cardinals and this podcast. like when he's not happy with you, they cu- he just cuts off your mic. <laughs>
2: She so was the, giving the wrap it up sign yeah. to her.
1: So the wedding coordinator comes over, not unlike the Turk, in, in, in a training camp and says, uh, can I have the mic? <laughs> Instead of your playbook, uh, can I have the microphone? And then she hands the microphone to me. And boom, I had to take over right there and <laughs> handle both parts. And I didn't have a good five minutes plus to formulate my thoughts because yeah. I was still a little foggy coming off the rehearsal dinner <laughs> the night before. <laughs> so at least you're a professional speaker. So boom, the red light was on. Well, that's sort of the moment right here. Darren, I don't know how you want to handle this exactly, okay? I don't know if you want to um, concoct some sort of creative writing that maybe Kyle has gone to the SEC to join Texas and Oklahoma. I'm not exactly (laughs) sure. I do know that I'm going to punt it to you right here, right now.
0: I'm just coming off vacation, so I'm just trying to get my head around being back at work. I'll be honest, Paul. You're
1: trying to ease into this, and I'm just slamming yes, you. Yes, we I'm we, earholing you with this. We
0: are We are losing dear uh, Kyle, uh, sweet, sweet Kyle. Uh, we're losing him to other things, and it's going to stink. And uh, actually, Paul, I was feeling a little bit bad for you because we have one, one gentleman who listens to us who has been hammering you oh, for really? some reason. Really? And wanting to get rid of you. And now it's like, and now we're getting rid of Kyle, and he's going to be upset that we're losing the wrong person.
1: (laughs) How many nicknames does Kyle go by? There's there's young Kyle, he went for for a number of years. I don't know if he can still do that. Are you still a member of the 18 to 34 demo, Kyle? No. Okay, so that's (laughs) out. That's out. We
0: logans Um, run you. I know some of. I know
1: uh, Richard Mendez and uh, and those guys upstairs uh, who are responsible (laughs) for flight plan, among other things. They call you deceptively tall, Kyle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that one. (laughs) Sneaky tall. Yeah,
1: Yeah. deceptively tall, Kyle, (laughs) which is true. When you guys are standing next to each other on camera, you guys are pretty close. Yeah. (laughs) Unlike when I'm part of it and I stand between you guys and we form the letter M. Uh, so uh, Kyle, go ahead. You break the news for us here, and then we'll get on with the news of the day for the Arizona Cardinals. But uh, apparently, you're not even going to make it to camp in time to be cut.
2: Yeah, I, I got released before camp. Uh, <laughs> you, and,
1: you and Lamont Gilliard. Yeah,
2: the best part was Paul felt horrible for bringing up that. Uh, what is he off looking for a job like two or three <laughs> weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. Completely out of nowhere. Not not you know no no talking to me, and then he texts me is like. Was this is this where you went? But <laughs> it was pretty good timing. Do
1: I owe the fine followers of Cardinals Underground a sincere apology <laughs> for speaking it into existence? Uh, that when Kyle ostensibly, allegedly was on vacation, <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink, and I said joking around, one hundred percent concoction. On my, <laughs> I would. I said, wait a minute, there's this next-gen stats opening. Maybe Kyle has applied for this oh, position. Right, I remember that. Remember that,
0: Darren? Because yeah, I, I talked about getting my right. son the job, right? Right, and then yeah. you
1: wanted the job info for your son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, that's sort of like pop a Ball of our ball right there. We <laughs> spoke it into existence, as it turns out. It was,
2: that was close, but I'm, I'm going to go into the uh, sports betting writing realm, writing about all the sports, not just the Cardinals, but all the major sports and with a sports betting twist to it. So it's a little bit different, still staying in sports, but not the beat writing anymore. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, I've done beat writing and face-to-face interviews my whole career, so it's a little bit different, but uh, it it should be exciting and, and we'll see where it goes. But I, you know, this podcast has been a lot of fun. I came into it, Early on, being strictly a writer, not really ever having done a podcast, and I think the the chemistry that's grown and the conversations we've had have have been a lot of fun and exciting and interesting and compelling. And I, you know, I will definitely miss this part of the job because doing the podcast, hearing our different opinions, I think it, it's pretty unique within the Cardinals coverage where we th- see things differently when when they play football, and that's pretty rare. So I've definitely enjoyed it.
1: don't think you realize it but in the last edition of the mailbag where you're filling in for a vacation in Darren Urban uh, there was one response that I think should be the epitaph at least the leader in the clubhouse your epitaph on your tombstone which after a long and healthy life we all hope but I I love the quote you you threw into the mailbag and I think it was the following as always Bob or whoever the, the the guy was as always Follow the numbers and not the narrative. <laughs> and I said to myself, is there a better <laughs> quote to Kyle. put on Kyle's tombstone than that epitaph? As always, follow the numbers, not the narrative.
2: Which is funny, too, because being a writer, you want to write flowery and you want to tell stories about narratives and stuff. But I just can't lie to myself and write stuff I don't believe in. So I, I always have to find that balance of this is a great story but it's not really true, so I'm not going to
0: write it. <laughs> at, at, at some point, we'll have Omo pull something off an old podcast of him saying... You know, what about momentum, Kyle? Nope. Or something. Leadership. We can use it it as a drop-in.
1: You know, Kyle, if you're ever feeling feisty and you want to mix it up, just call me, and then we'll have it out about leadership again, okay? If you ever need to, you know, bad day at the office, (laughs) maybe the wife kicked you to the couch and you want a piece of someone, just call me. We'll get into the whole leadership thing.
2: I think at this point, you're going to have to take the lead on being the analytics guy. I mean, there's going to be a hole. That's on this right. podcast. Right. So, so start reading That's those right. books. Start I mean, realizing that there is yeah. no proof that momentum exists.
1: I mean, for 20 years, I've been hiding behind the hashtag no math. Yeah. And that may now have come to be an all end math. right here. It's, uh, it's all
0: about adaptation in this world. <laughs> so would my segue here be,
1: I mentioned Chandler Jones. Would the segue here, as always, follow the numbers and not the narrative. When it comes to Chandler Jones, who has, what, 15.5 million at stake and risks – Daily fines of fifty grand. So follow the numbers, follow the dollar signs, and I'm here to say Chandler Jones will be a camp and will be a member of the Arizona Cardinals, and at some point they'll get the contract resolved.
0: Well, I, I, for me, you know, and having dealt with this over the last t- whatever it is at this time of taping, twenty four hours or so uh, of the news being reported that at some point, and that, again, we don't know when this was in the offseason that he requested a trade. There, there's, there's three points that jumped to my mind uh, first. One, uh, and, and the, the timing of it was important, but it's, it's not – I truly believe it's not because of anything he has an issue with the organization in terms of playing here. Being traded would guarantee – because no one's trading for him without an extension. So being traded would guarantee the new contract. So that's just that's a mechanism for him to get that new contract and knowing he's going to get it. So I I think that's what any trade request would be about was simply to force that issue. That's number one. Uh, Number two, what people uh, have brought up to me a couple of times is that, you know, well, they paid J.J. Watt thirty one million dollars over two years. And and maybe he's bothered by that. I I tend to agree with Joel Corey, the former agent um, who. Has mentioned the fact that maybe it had more to do with DeAndre Hopkins' extension rather than the J.J. Watt thing. I, I think, I think if the, if you if Chandler Jones went to the Cardinals and said I want two years, thirty-one million dollars, they'd do that in two seconds. And I don't. I'm pretty sure he wants a lot more money than that. And I, I I don't even know if this has anything to do with anybody else. I think it just has to do with the fact that he's coming down to the end of his contract and he wants to make sure he gets an extension. And then the third part for me is. I get where Chandler's coming from, and I understand why he would want a new deal. I don't blame him in the least for any of this, even saying, hey, I wouldn't mind a trade. But the reality is, is coming off a season where he had one sack, his his leverage is there's only so much of it. And I can understand where the Cardinals are coming from with a kind of a wait and see approach. And the season is long, and I get where it's coming from, but I can't. I've been around this game way too long. Uh, I've been around these players way too long. I mean, when DJ Humphrey said earlier in the offseason about Chandler, business is business, that's what this is. It is business. And I know fans get upset and they want to be upset at the organization or they want to be upset at Chandler Jones. It's just, it's part of it. And you got to, if you're going to be a fan, you got to understand that this is just all part of it, unfortunately.
1: I mean, you can look at Joey Bosa getting 27 million plus per year in annual value. You can look at TJ Watt, at the end of this season, said to be approaching nearly $30 million a year if he has another all-pro season like he did a year ago for the Steelers. But those guys are both 26. Mm-hmm. And Chandler Jones is most definitely beyond 30 years of age at 31 and coming off a season-ending injury. And by the way, an Arizona Cardinals defense that finished top five in both total sacks and sacks per rush attempt a year ago. So that's the Cardinals' leverage. To me, Kyle, the only leverage really Chandler has is to – potentially withhold his services and or request a trade in this uh in this narrative if you will
2: yeah I mean I, yeah I think it's it when you see the noise he made this offseason whether it be not going to mandatory minicamp or any of that like it's it's obvious what he wants but I think he did that because he doesn't really have the leverage he can say, I'm not coming to camp, but they can't rescind those fines anymore, so it's going to cost him. He can say, you know, it's empty threats if he says, I want to sit out the season because he's going to lose that $15 million base salary. So there's really nothing that he can say that would make you worried that he wouldn't show up because I don't think there's anything behind any of those words. And to his credit, he hasn't said any of that publicly. He, he might have requested a trade, but... That's just him requesting a trade, and if they say no, he's still under contract, and I think he plays. He he wants to get paid, but when you come off a major injury, when you're that age, teams are going to be hesitant to you know give you all that money, and I can see why there is a big split between what he wants for what he's done and what they want to give him, not knowing what he's going to be in the future.
0: You know, and, and I, I go back to just briefly the, the other thing, and I've heard this point a couple of times about like he would – If he sat out the season, he wouldn't get a salary or the fines. To me, that's completely I don't want to say it's irrelevant. Money is always relevant. It's the driving force of this whole conversation. But to me, the fines or the slash slash giving up the 15 million dollars or whatever he's owed this year, that has nothing to do with it to me the first thing i think of is if he doesn't play is then what what are you proving to anybody you you got hurt last year and then you would sit out another season who's going to give you an a long contract then i mean that Forget what he's giving up in the now. What does it mean for your future if you weren't to play? That's why it doesn't make yeah. any sense to yeah. me.
1: No, and that's a great point. And you're right, Kyle. You can't rescind those fines anymore. Although, if you were to strike a new deal, it could take into account those fines, and you could account for some of those, and it's been done before. Yeah.
2: And and if, like, if he was 26, as you were saying, and you thought there might be a deal, maybe there'd be some more of that negotiation, and that would have more meat to it. But... I just don't think they're anywhere close to coming up to a contract extension because of the things we talked about. Yeah.
1: But if he does sit out, uh, then yeah, how does that impact his earning power? That doesn't that yeah. doesn't convince anyone. And yeah, that's why it hasn't even him.
2: been a vague threat of that right. because we know it's it's not based on and, reality. And ag-
0: again, I can't emphasize this part enough. We we don't know who leaked the the trade thing. I don't know if it was his agent. It would seem to me that that would come from the player side rather than the team side. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Regardless, Chandler Jones has not said one word about any of this all season. He hasn't said he wants a new contract publicly. He wasn't talking about the trade. I, I get that there's other ways to put it out there, but he did show up. He didn't come to minicamp, but he did show up to the media day. And, and he was in a great mood, right, in, by in all a great accounts? great mood. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like so he was bad attitude, I, I Chandler he, Jones. He, I think he understood that he was going to be a Cardinal at least this season. And I, I just – look, we've all been around Chandler Jones a bunch of times. I will say this. I like Chandler Jones tremendously as a person. I think he's a tremendous hard, hard worker. I do not doubt that if he is on the field, he is going to give everything he's got. And whether the motivation this year is mostly contract-related, it doesn't matter. That's that's this guy's, these guys' jobs, and it's what's supposed to happen. And I, I, I certainly don't hold anything against Chandler Jones with anything he might do at this point because, again, you're... It's about your own life when you're dealing with this.
1: You see the ranking of elite pass rushers in the NFL. ESPN put one out last month, and he's still top five. At this time, a year ago, he was number two. But the recent ranking coming off his injury ending season, he had Miles Garrett number one, TJ Watt number two, Joey Bosa number three, Khalil Mack number four, and Chandler Jones number five.
0: So, I mean,
1: right? He's valued in NFL circles obviously. The Cardinals value him. It's one of the reasons they so desperately want to pair him with J.J. Watt and then add a Marcus Golden. And then what happens if an Isaiah Simmons is an X-Factor and you're going to blitz him and or a Buddha Baker. So everything the Cardinals offense was able to do, defense was able to do and generate pass rush a year ago. Think of it now in terms of a Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt.
2: And I think he would take top five edge rusher contract money, I think he's he's great with that ranking, but you just don't know how much of a decline there's gonna be this season and in future seasons, especially if last, any.
0: If any decline.
2: I mean usually just seeing aging curves, there's right. gonna be oh, here comes declines. I mean when you get into your number numbers, 30, numbers. Okay. not the narrative. Okay, so you're not in your prime. So So, yeah. so
1: if you're Steve Kime, think of it this way. Um that contract is ticking on a TJ Watt. At some point The Steelers are going to get a deal done, and it's going to break the bank, and it's going to set a new record for pass rushers. What if Chandler Jones comes back and he recaptures that 19-sack form or two years before that he had a 17-sack season? What happens if he goes off with numbers like that? Now, all of a sudden, you're paying through the nose. Maybe now is the time if you're the Arizona Cardinals. Have you seen enough in the offseason to think, he still has it, and we will strike a long-term deal at dollars that will come in much less than what a T.J. Watt is going to reset the market at.
0: The Cardinals have tried to do and this is why it kind of makes me shake my head a little bit with those who are upset at this point with Steve Kime with how this has been at this point. And again, this is taking nothing away from Chandler Jones, and every player is different. But, you know, Steve Kime tried to jump. Out there early with david johnson he tried to jump out there early with tyron matthew and in both cases those backfired on the cardinals now obviously tyron has rebuilt his career and been excellent but in in the in the time that he got his extension with the cardinals it wasn't to the level that they were hoping he'd be or that he was getting paid at and we all know what happened with david johnson so it's kind of for the cardinals i think it's a little damned if you do damned if you don't you know people have brought up Calais campbell and i get that part of it but the reality was is they went with they went with the numbers with Calais campbell and the numbers said he was probably going to decline now it worked out for Calais that he didn't but those are the those are the, the, the risks you are gonna take sometimes and those are the those are the decisions you're gonna to have to make sometimes. And the reality is is if if you don't pay Chandler Jones and he goes off for you now or if he ends up leaving and goes off somewhere else, everybody's gonna kill the Cardinals. And if they give him a big contract now and he ends up not doing very well, everybody's gonna kill the Cardinals. So but, there, there's risk no matter what.
2: I just think it's the age thing more that like if, if he was twenty-six like he was when he signed the five year deal, they were happy to give him elite edge rusher money at that point. And Buda Baker, they were happy to pay him at 24, 25. When Kyler Murray comes up, they'll probably be happy to pay him because of the age. But we've seen it over and over at 30, 31. It's so much trickier. Patrick Peterson wanted an extension, Waited and the Cardinals never gave him one and he left. So, you know, whenever you're 30 or 31, the team has to make a tough decision whether they want to give you this high money for an established star when you don't know when it's going to decline.
0: So, is that why you're
2: leaving? Did we, did you age out? Yeah, I got my big deal. Really,
1: right. I mean, there's we couldn't do it under the cap. We couldn't keep Kyle. Yeah. He's in his mid 30s. Uh, you know, we followed the numbers, not the narrative on Kyle. That's I'm just, sorry, it's just <laughs> the way it was. Older, the, the, right, just,
2: the writing started to just, decline. <laughs> the it
1: was. You know, even the though podcasting Ka- was off, even though Kyle does have one thing in common, with Chandler Jones is he got paid four years ago and actually got better. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Y- you can't say that about. Chandler. Well, I don't Chandler. know about the
0: getting paid part, but he <laughs> yeah. got better.
1: Chandler, <laughs> Chandler did get so there's no worry about the work ethic. Or him relaxing. Are you about
0: me
2: or Chandler at this point?
1: Uh, you, that's for you. I, I purposely kept that vague. It's sort of like an ink inkblot test. You can react accordingly on that one. Uh, as for Chandler, I, I do agree with you. One of the few times I'll ever say that on this podcast. And god darn it, I won't have a chance to do that in the future. In <laughs> the fact that. It doesn't have to do with the guy you're investing in because you already saw him get the money and then get better and put in a 17-sack season, a 19-sack season when he could have taken it easy and gone the old brother-in-law thing during practices. And no, he made DJ Humphreys better during these training camps. You talk to DJ and he'll tell you, Man, the reason that I've excelled and was able to overcome a slow start to my NFL career is because I'm going against 55 for three weeks in camp every year, and he's bringing it. And, and all of a sudden, when I get to the games, it's infinitely easier than it was in a full contact O-line, D-line drill in practice. So there's that element of it. And then there's just the fact that, you know what? Um, he doesn't need, necessarily, August, I don't think, t- to be ready. Well, see, to me, with Chandler being ready, it's all about his weight. If you guys go back two years ago and he had that slow start and then he had the breakout game in week four or five, it was it was at Steve Wilkes one year at the 49ers? It's when he finally lost the weight. And last year I thought he was a little heavy. So if Chandler Jones went and he does report, I'm going to look at what his weight is. I hate to say it, and he might take a you know swipe at me, for, for but it's all about the weight to me with Chandler Jones. When he's in the 250s, low 260s, He just seems to be a much better and more effective pass rusher.
2: And you you saw the media day photos. He looked lean. He looked in good shape. And you would expect him to just keep on working out in the interim. And knowing there's a lot of motivation for him, maybe it's not team success as much as individual going into a contract year. But he clearly feels like he's still one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. And he wants to prove it. And knowing that when you're 32 and you're an edge rusher, you can still get that, you know, 18 to 20 million dollars a year if you're performing well so I think there's a lot of internal motivation for him this season and I, I yeah like Darren was saying earlier I don't think that will be an issue like he wants to put up the sack numbers that will help the Cardinals whether he wants to do it for himself or the team but either way if he's getting the quarterback that's all that matters
1: I don't expect him to get nearly as double teamed as much As he did last year and that first month of last year, just eyeballing it. I don't know what the next gen stats say are pro football focus, but it just seemed like he was getting double teamed more than ever. And now with a Marcus Golden and a JJ Watt and the prospect of an Isaiah Simmons coming and hopefully Vance Joseph has some exotic schemes in mind to keep the offensive lines and the pass protections honest, they can't slide as much attention to Chandler Jones. And I would think, I don't know if I'm 55, I'm motivated by that prospect as well.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I, I think I think you're right. I think he'll see more single up blocking than he has in a while. And like last year, Hassan Radek ended up having a big year, but he was an unknown early when Chandler was still healthy. Dennis Gardeck wasn't, you know, on anybody's radar, so there wasn't really another pass rusher that people were super worried about. Like you talked about earlier, it turned out on the sacks that they got a lot, but there wasn't this feared other rusher where J.J. Watt, when he's on the field, clearly is going to get a lot of attention. That's right. How
1: dare I forget Dennis Gardeck? I mean, you know, when he comes in and he's eventually on the field and he busts out the hit the strobe sack dance or turn the corner or whatever he called the (laughs) other one, whatever those two were... I mean, boom, there's your seven sacks and 93 defensive snaps guy, the situational pass rusher. Here he comes. And by the way, it is amazing what you learn in the mailbag. I did not know that he has a tattoo <laughs> of a bag of chips of a Lay's potato bag on his shoulder. I'm is just
0: happy it? reading the mailbag. Though, I, I yeah. just, I was
1: intrigued by this, and I actually looked it up, and sure enough, there it is. And his quote was, uh, it's like a chip on your shoulder, except I don't have one. I have a whole bag. Uh, so man. he got a tat Of a lay's potato chip bag on his shoulder.
2: He's proud of it too. You can just see it on his face, like, All right, Dennis.
1: I mean mean Darren, why the hesitation to get your own neck (laughs) tattoo? When Dennis Gardak can have a tattoo of a Lay's potato bag on his shoulder, I mean, you most definitely can go for the neck tattoo.
0: First of all, I thought the neck tattoo thing went away when the Suns uh, disappointed us all. <laughs> so no, that's I, our
1: segue into Larry Fitzgerald now oh, on the of podcast. Oh, uh, so yeah, It was your yeah. neck tattoo brings I, us to Larry. I, I will say this.
0: I would never get a tattoo of a bag of potato <laughs> chips. I think that's, it would clearly be a Pringles can If or you
1: did get a neck tattoo, have you given it thought? What would it be? what would it be? Have you, come on. You, you must've had an initial thought or two. If
0: it wouldn't be a neck tattoo, but I will, I will drop this out there oh. because it never look for those who still care about this. And there's probably like three of you, um, yeah, the three of them. And then believe the one it, guy who's ripping me, believe it or not. <laughs> I never said anything about getting a tattoo that was purely out of Lisa Matthews, uh, fictional oh, okay. mind and I let it I let it run. But I will say as once the Suns went up two nothing in the finals, it actually crossed my mind that maybe I would do something and I, I, I'm not going to reveal what it was, but Larry I, O'Brien Trophy. I did have something in the back of my head that I was considering. Now that I don't have to worry about it, mm. which is probably good. That's good.
1: Well, that, you know, Lisa's doing her job, looking for good social media content. You know, <laughs> stuff that'll go viral. And so uh, there you go. So, she got
0: everybody's attention, yeah. including yeah. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald. That's
1: yeah, for she sure. she did. So, what is the latest on Gardeck? Uh, he's on pop. Kyle, was, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, and it, from what Cliff Kingsbury was saying late in the off season, he said he, you know, he hoped he could be ready before when training camp started. and If not, likely soon thereafter. So we don't know exactly what that means, and who knows if that's true or not. But I think, I think at this point, you expect Dennis Gardeck to get some sort of practice uh, in training camp.
1: So where does that leave you? on Larry Fitzgerald by the way. We got the perfunctory out of the way with Dennis Gardeck. It's not a surprise. Uh Larry Fitzgerald, if he shows up, it will be a surprise, right?
0: He Well, first of all, as we sit here recording, he can't show up, Paul. He has no contract. Yeah,
1: but I mean, he goes over and he meets with the owner of the team. Yeah. It was a yeah. docu sign? I mean, you know,
0: I'm not saying it couldn't happen right. quickly, but Yeah, very I mean I'm, And and there is an open roster spot okay. as we sit here. So
1: In fact, did you see the guy? I don't know if he uh, responded to the team tweet about it or one of you guys I did. I couldn't help but notice the first person to respond to a tweet about the Lamont Gilliard news and the the response tweet read yeah. that opens up a roster spot yeah, for number 11. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did see that. Interesting. <laughs> I did see that. Dot, when have, dot, dot. Well, do you have 90 players?
2: There's not a hard it's not hard to open up a roster spot. no so every time people read into that it's like there's there's guys that you can release just don't get rid of the second punter okay we give, <laughs> right. give us a,
1: at least the first week of camp i want to see the second punter that's all i'm saying about that one over there Kyle. i had to give you a punter comment before uh, you're on your way out about that one
2: i, I can't wait to watch the competition and, and go on to azcardinals.com for paul paul's uh, daily punter competition update yeah uh make that a running segment You'll have at least I look one viewer to sending in a question
0: well, to the mailbag, Kyle. <laughs>
1: and once again, the one guy who will respond to that is John Bloom, and only John Bloom, because he'll be into the whole punning thing. So, uh, yeah, what has anybody checked Larry's locker? Can I go back to Larry's locker? Has Tay Gowen tweeted out anything? An update? Are, are there still belongings in Larry's locker? And would that tell us anything? One of you guys needs to go all CSI Cardinals locker room, and go figure this well, out.
0: Well, I, I believe I talked on the podcast. I did do that before vacation. It was all fine in there. And, it
1: was okay. And, it was intact. Well, well I mean, right? if we're ta- if we
0: are to take everybody at their word, nobody knows but of uh, Larry. And in fact, yeah. if we're ta- taking Larry at his word, he hasn't made a decision yet. So why would anybody have cleaned out a locker?
1: Is he really waiting for an improved offer? Is this business? Is this strictly business? Is he waiting for the offer that's on the table to maybe get raised in some way? Is he waiting for a happening in a training camp somewhere where someone loses one of their top receivers and all of a sudden he's commanding more in the marketplace than he is currently?
2: I think the opportunity would make more sense if somebody loses a receiver than the money side of it I mean it, if you look at it from an unbiased perspective he's not worth a lot of money just I mean he's got the legacy and to the Cardinals he's worth money beyond the play but he's not a, a above average receiver at this point in his career so I don't think people are going to be offering him five million dollars a year or anything I think he's if he plays anywhere it'd be close to the minimum and, I think. and
0: my and my question is is he that guy is he going to be 2019 Michael Crabtree for some other team. I just, (laughs) Fitz isn't doing that. No, Fitz isn't doing that.
1: No, probably not. Although, you know, uh, Dwight Freeney showed how it can be done. He sort of set the uh, template there of of a way to go about things and you show up after training camp is done just in time and maybe those first two weeks are gone as well and it's going to be a 17-game regular season. There's plenty of football to be played, even if you join the team in September.
2: I mean, it, it wouldn't. you've seen guys do it. It wouldn't be a bad plan, but Fitz has talked so many times about just wanting to play in Arizona and having, you know, how he takes pride in playing for the one organization through his whole career. So that's why I don't think it'll happen. Like, it, from a pure football standpoint, I could see why, you know, you would want somebody like that to fill in and... It's almost like the the Tremont Williams situation a few years ago when they brought him in he did a nice job veteran you had a whole um Dre Kirkpatrick last year when somebody gets hurt but I just think from Fitz's point of view he likes the idea that he's played for one team his entire career and do you want to play one more season for somebody else at the end I mean more power to him if he does but I just don't think
1: he wants to well last we left you on Cardinals Underground brought to you by Pacific Office Automation proud sponsor of the Arizona Cardinals uh, I believe my working theory was with the only obvious spot left in the depth chart at tight end that since Larry had been playing a lot of golf and maybe yeah. doing the buffet circuit Probably up to 240 at this point. Exactly. And you know what? By design, let yourself go. It's semi retirement. Uh, you know, all of a sudden now, boom, there you're the flex tight end because they never did replace Dan Arnold. Uh, once upon a time, he was the best blocking receiver in the game. We all know that. Ask KJ Wright what that tastes like from two years ago in Seattle when he trucked him right before the goal line, <laughs> uh, although the last thing Larry would ever want to be is a blocking tight end of any sort. We know that, Darren.
0: I'm excited for you to go to Max Williams in training camp and say, hey, <laughs> hey, Max, part. I know you're yeah. the starting tight end, or right. as Paul Calvisi likes to call you, <laughs> the semi-retired wide receiver.
1: <laughs> the so. Here's my here's my, my new theory I was going to come up He's with. He's not going to be a blocking tight end. He would obviously yeah. be a receiving tight end. Just when you guys thought I was out Dan of theory, because I'm at the, about two dozen of them so far to get us through the offseason, I was yeah. fully prepared to come on and say, well, what if A.J. Green wasn't all that in a bag of chips for, during, the, you know, for the for the Arizona Card at that receiver spot? What if A.J. Green, mm, maybe you are ready to put a fork in A.J. Green and that's what Larry's waiting for is an enhanced offer because the Cardinals maybe are in more need than they thought. But then Cliff Kingsbury reportedly went on the Pash podcast and had some very bullish things to say about A.J. Green. The
0: yet-to-be-released podcast. Yet-to-be-released.
1: So this is our little promotional uh, tidbit. Uh, The Pash pod will debut in the uh, coming days and or weeks early here in the Cardinals training camp calendar. And uh, it's going to be some can't-miss stuff because he's got some big names lined up, big, big names by Dave Pash. (laughs) And Dave Pash is a big
0: name by himself. Exactly.
1: So So there you go. Um, So... uh, that blew my theory out of the water <laughs> on that one there. Uh, as for other things that we're going to be watching, uh, things you will be able to see at training camp, Kyle, uh, from afar, from what the, are you going to be most – the stands. From the stands after we <laughs> revoke your media <meteor> credential <laughs> and any sort be, of – I'll be waving at Paul. That's Paul, right.
2: look up here. That's right.
3: Kyle will be I'll... starting fights in the stands. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right, Kyle. Don't think you're coming over the rail and getting on the field anymore. You stay up there. I'm going to uh,
2: boo the sideline reporter. I'll tell right. you that much.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, you'll have to get in line. Uh, who, who exactly, or what exactly? Uh, once again, I know you're not following a narrative, but you're following more the numbers. But uh, yeah. if, if there was a narrative you were following, or a storyline, if you will, what would it be?
2: I, I'm very interested to see how the cornerbacks look and how they play. I think that's going to impact a huge portion of the season. If they can, you know, be be decent enough to not be. This hole on the back end because it's arguably the most important position on defense. And you have a lot of question marks beyond Byron Murphy. And, you know, there's veterans and they've shown they can do it in the past. But I think all those guys have a few question marks about them. And then is Byron Murphy just going to play slot? Is he going to play outside and slot when you're in base? Is he going to play outside? So I think the cornerback situation to me is very interesting beyond Kyler. J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones. I think those are like the big three that you're you're kind of watching and seeing how those guys are doing. But
0: corners to me also is is, is interesting to me. Why, why would you just like throw out those other ones like they shouldn't count? You know, some of us well, have those to pick are, these yeah. picks too. Go ahead. I mean, yeah. Who, who are you looking at? Kyler Murray, the right quarterback? Now. No, it wasn't Kyler. It was going to be J.J. <laughs> Watt. Because essentially J.J. Watt has spent a lot of his time uh, last year with the Texans moving outside. He moved all around, but he did a lot of stuff off the edge for them the way they were they were playing and he's going to be mostly inside the way they're going to be set up here and this team is somebody who is a team that has needed some inside push and and how that fits with chandler jones and you know vance joseph has talked a lot about how most of the time they're going to be on opposite sides you'll have JJ, you know kind of off you know whatever it is three technique and on the other side will be chandler jones and however they line that up but i am very curious to see how much of an impact J.J. Watt can have right away and, and how that impacts that whole front seven yeah. right there.
1: And I'm down with that. Considering, though, we don't get full pads and full contact until about a week yeah. into camp. Yeah, And we'll actually be recording another Cardinals underground That's before fair. that. Uh, I'm going to go with those positions that you can actually glean something from without full contact. So I'm with Kyle on that On the corners. I want to see the two young corners. Can they hang with some of the better receivers? Will they get matched up against the DeAndre Hopkins or the quickness of a Rondell Moore? Can they hang? Can they cover? Because you know what? If you're on an island in a full contact game, it's much like being on an island when you're in shorts. Can you cover? Can you not? Uh, Obviously, it's going to be a little more physical and you're going to have to worry about the press and all that. The other thing I'm watching, I want to see James Conner and just how he moves. What does he look like? We know he has a track record of breaking tackles and being a physical runner, but he's still only 26, 27 years of age. He's not that old. I know in running back years, you know, it's like dog years, et cetera, but he's not really even close to 30 years of age. He only has four years in the NFL. So if healthy, I'm curious, can he make the first tackler miss? Does he still have that in him? Or is he more of a straight-ahead, you know, plowing, fullback-type, 238-pound running back-type guy? Or is he someone they could use on a more every-down basis? I
0: think that's a good question. Although it's funny when you bring that up because I – I, I listened to our good uh, friend Ron Wolfley uh, recently, and again he went back to the whole the NFL is cyclical, and he kept he, he's implying once again that somehow the league is going to end up as a running league again, and it's just <laughs> does he not know that that's never going to happen? Yeah,
2: so I think James Conner is who he is. I think he's the big back who's going to get the short yardage. I don't think he's the guy that's going to make people miss in space a bunch. I think he'll. He'll truck you and get an extra two yards, which is a valuable player. But I think, I think Chase Edmonds is the more explosive running back among those two. I think James Conner has a very you know penciled in role, but I don't think he's going to be the guy who you you run on the outside and or swing the ball to and hope he makes guys miss. I don't think that's his game. I think he's definitely a between the tackles runner. And uh, I'm interested in Rondell more too. Like if hopefully I can get some Zapruder film or something and see how he's doing in camp if I'm not there but like can he make an impact early on in this season because I think he's super dynamic but every rookie receiver or even every rookie in general takes a while so can he already give this offense that missing element that I don't think's been there the last two seasons with the jet sweeps and some of the yards after catch stuff I think they've been missing that and I think the Rondell Moore is clearly the guy that can be that, but can he do it as
0: a rookie? Can he do it in the first half of the season? Kyle, um, I don't know if you were aware, but there are uh, 12 open practices in training camp. If you want to go to azcardinals.com/backslash/training camp, uh, you can find the ability to get seats for open practices. Uh, that's open to everybody now. That's good. That's Am I on?
2: allowed to tweet from the uh, from the stands?
0: <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want from the <laughs> stands. That would be. Yeah, are you guys gonna? You go. are you guys gonna retweet me? Uh, I'll just retweet
1: you. Are you gonna have a burner account? Sort of the <laughs> sawed-off opinions of Kyle Odegaard. You should. You should have a, a they don't burner have to account. It do not be sawed off anymore. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the have the half drunk opinions of Kyle as he's up there uh, with another uh, beverage in his hand. So uh, yeah, I can just let him fly, Paul. Let me tell you you're going to regret and rue the day you didn't stick around for this season, Kyle, because you couldn't use the headline, I, Andy. When Andy Isabella (laughs) blows it up, when Rondale Moore pushes Andy Isabella to greatness, and all of a sudden he's the guy that nobody can lay a hand on, and you're not able to use I, Andy in one of your sidebar stories on azcardinals.com. I'll still tweet it. That's when the reality is going to hit home. That
0: you. I'm going to I'm going to make the the commitment right now, Paul, <laughs> that I will I will yeah. I will use my considerably uh, considerable influence in this organization to, to get some freelance money for Kyle to make a podcast yes. appearance. Yes. Harumph.
1: rump. That's good. No, that's good. What about the old line? Uh, uh, because last we saw in Flight Plan, did you hear the threat, a not-so-veiled threat from Sean Kugler at the end of the recent edition of Flight Plan where he lost the O-line cook-off? And uh, he, he, he said, and to quote loosely, your voting is going to impact the depth chart. <laughs> it's that's, only fair. That's what he told the guys in the room because his, uh, his veal meatballs lost out to the bacon-wrapped meatloaf and D.J. Humphrey's banana pudding.
2: Millions of dollars of salaries. Yep. I mean, all this stuff that comes down yep. to just did you beat me in a cook-off, and that's why he got demoted. I, th- I that's think right. that's completely fair.
1: That's right. So uh we'll Don't see. beat
2: your coach in a cook-off.
1: Right. What he should have done is just have an audit of the election, is what he should have done, and then just – uh
3: <sighs> Hey, Paul, Paul, before we move on from banana pudding, do you remember the Big Red, the big red Rage a few years ago? Carlos Stansby, we played the uh, – Oh, yeah. He made Instagram videos while he was in Cleveland of him whipping up some banana pudding.
1: That's right. And
3: let's just say he had a – uh Icy beverage in a cup, but that cup had uh, whose likeness on it? Carlos (laughs) Carlos Stansby's. <laughs> That's right. He yeah. had his own cup.
1: He had his own. You know, at the, at the stadium, they put a player's face yeah. on the cup. He had his own cup. Why wouldn't you? Sure. And and, and yeah, I'm, they... we're pretty sure the cup had an adult beverage in it because it was a lengthy cooking lesson, and he was definitely a little more lubricated by the end of teaching us all how to make banana pudding on Thanksgiving morning. That's and,
0: huge,
2: man.
3: And, See, and, we should have we should have <laughs> alumni banana pudding versus current player banana pudding. And they
2: brought him back after that, so it must have been good. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It all comes back to the the...
1: That's right. So what they're really saying, Coach Kugler, is good thing Carlos Dansby wasn't in the room because he would have finished fourth. (laughs) That's what they're really saying. Off the metal stand. Hashtag, it can always get worse. So uh, what else? Was there anything else we're looking at in camp here, gentlemen? Was that the full gamut? That's it? I mean, is everything really that settled? Are there really is there really that well a well, paucity let, of position battles? I mean, we don't we don't want to we get, concoct and create something. Right like I guard, mean,
0: there's always stuff to talk about, but we also have an entire training camp to talk. Paul, and now I there's going to be one less person okay. talking about I it. So.
1: so, you're budgeting your content, and but your I mean, time. I, all right, I
0: think I I I am curious as as Kyle mentioned the the right guard situation, uh, you know, to see kind of how that that filters out. I, I wonder if the if the release of Lamont Galliard, who it was not a big name, but I thought he was gonna be the backup center and potentially a reserve guard and now he's out of the equation. Did somebody did did something happen where he just hasn't made the progress or did somebody really catch their eye? Or because they signed uh you know, because they signed the guards that they did or what Josh Jones has done at guard that you you want to keep Max Garcia around and he's basically your center now, backup center? I don't I don't know. I think that's I think those are great questions to to kind of pay attention to.
1: Do you think Brian Winters really is going to get a run for his money, whether it's a Justin Murray or a Josh Jones?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, do, think Brian, Brian Winters didn't signed. start all last season. I don't. Yeah. I think he ended up losing his starting job near the end of the season, and it's, true. it's not like yeah. he's making a lot of money. I mean, uh, the, the one thing that kind of gets lost, I think of Denard a little bit on the other side of the ball at cornerback. I mean, do I think there's a good chance those guys end up on the roster? Yeah, probably. Do I think it's a lock? I absolutely don't think it's necessarily a lock because you do have some numbers, and that happens every year where there's a, there's a veteran or two with a name that you recognize that does not make it out of camp. I re- I remember when this team signed Max Starks, and he was on for he was in camp and he didn't he got released during yeah, camp. True. And it was somebody when they signed, I'm like, okay, there's at least some depth. And then he didn't even make the team. And you can go back every year. There's at least one or two name guys, name guys, air quotes, that, um, that might not necessarily make it because they're just not making mm-hmm. enough. If they're just making minimum, you can get out of it fairly easily. So we'll see what happens.
1: And the way this traditionally works is the scouts are in attendance the first week of camp and everyone's evaluating. Right and yeah. and if if there's an outlier like oh boy uh something happened we were counting on this guy and this guy obviously has lost a step or five and then they'll make a move typically we do get a time time sign into camp yeah or er, not before camp necessarily but early in camp because they've sort of gotten an eyeball of okay yep this guy still guys it has it or that guy does not
0: your, your your problem is is the fact that because of the way the CBA is is uh constructed now there is no I mean they're they're in we're in camp for like a week before there's even a padded practice like and you had mentioned that earlier I mean even cornerbacks uh, yeah you're going to tell a lot less from defense and offensive linemen but technically cornerbacks aren't even allowed to put their hands on a receiver for like five days so So if you're a
1: physical corner like Malcolm Butler you can't play your
0: uh, game so I don't I don't know how much they're going to learn in that first week it's going to be very interesting and every team's got to kind of figure that out but I agree with you. I think they're they're going to sort through that, and that does happen. There are players that I remember uh, not to bring up bad stuff, but Dorian Johnson, the offensive lineman, um, who was I think a fourth round pick. Whenever the he and nobody's going to remember him because he didn't even make it out of camp. They didn't have great things to say about him after the offseason stuff, privately, not publicly, of course. But they got into training camp, and everybody knew like after like a week or two, this guy just wasn't it. Well, I think at,
2: at tight end, that'll be a question mark. Yes, tight yeah. end's a great point. And like, you know, CJ2K came in during camp. Trey Boston was right on the eve of camp. Tremont Williams, like we've talked about, like legit veterans that are, can plug in and, and be a, a, a player in, within the rotation right away. So I think tight end is the glaring need where – you could sign somebody who's who's a pretty good player if these undrafted guys, or if Darrell Daniels isn't your number two, and sackers, <laughs> <Zach Ertz. and, laughs> yeah, and bring in either a number two or a, free or a or a number one, yeah. But I I think tight end
1: no. is is the clear spot. Kyle, you're on your way out. You can say it. We're owed a tight end. Cliff Kingsbury made it known in the off season yeah. that to expect some action at tight end, where is it? We're owed a tight end.
0: I agree with you. I don't know where he is, but. Well, you, and you wonder a little bit about what the, I mean, another part of this oftentimes is like, are the players trying to hold out for a better situation and or more money no. uh, if you're on the free agent market right now? And you, maybe they do have a tight end they like out there that they wanted to sign. And the guy just is asking for more money than they have an no. in interest in no. paying right
1: sure. now. Or maybe the Eagles want too much for Zach Ertz. Yeah. And then they have to make a decision. Are we paying him $8 million this year or not?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's the trade consideration as much as the salary with Zach Ertz.
1: By the way, did you see uh, my new favorite, by the way? You, you guys, some, we, have to, we have to get to that. I'm going to see if I can get to Bruno Lebel. Bruno, Not Patty Labelle, Bruno Labelle. I wrote who, a story on him. Okay, and did you see, were you the one who embedded the video in your story? Yes. From Cincinnati, that the Bearcats. Me, when he was talking about his spoons. The spoons!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Is that for real or is he putting us on? He said in the video, he's talking to teammates and they're sitting on the bench ostensibly during a break in practice and guys are asking him about his spoon collection. He says he has
0: over 500 spoons in his collection. Why does that surprise you? My grandmother had a spoon collection. A spoon collection? Yeah, you never...
1: I've heard of playing the spoons.
0: Okay, so but a spoon collection. You, you've never he, seen. He his... said he mostly eats with a spoon. He doesn't even use a fork. He's like anti fork. Well, I, I I can't speak to what he's actually using. Like my grandmother, they were they're like decorative spoons, and you okay. you would hang them on the wall, and they were like the small little tiny ones, and oftentimes you'd get them if you like went to another country, and you could get one with like a the the the, the flag or something from that country. That's what I took it to mean. I don't know if you're using them for I mean general time. I mean, off the
1: top of my head, you got a tablespoon, you got a teaspoon, you got a soup spoon, you got a baby spoon.
3: <laughs> I got four. And a and Sean that, and, Weatherspoon. A Sean Weatherspoon. You know, I mean you got a, you got
1: a spork, but a spork isn't a spoon. I don't know if that you can put a spork into a into a spoon collection, but how do you end up with over five hundred kinds of spoons? I mean, I gotta see this. This is a visual. <laughs> Where are the cameras and Bruno LaBelle and his spoon collection? Where's the camera on you right
2: now going <laughs> and, deep into and flight plan?
1: I want to know if this is going to make the next edition of Flight Plan because this is a must-see type of content thing.
2: Uh, this is why they don't need another tight end. They learned about his right. penchant for spoons for and spoons. realized that translates to the field.
1: Is there anything about it? I don't know. It's I just, was just impressed I mean, with the
2: way you rattled off all the different spoons. Well, it's like I, you've been saving that.
1: I, I, I got good energy. I'm going into camp. You know, if this is December and I'm worn down, then you know maybe I, I can't bring it like this. But boom, I'm ready to go at this. You're point. You're vaccinated, right? <laughs> That's right.
3: Label might have the inside scoop on the tight oh, ends if you ask. Oh,
1: me. Oh, there you go. Ice cream scoop. No, okay. Is an ice cream scoop a spoon? Typically, <laughs> it's a sandwich. How about a oh serving spoon? That's five. I got five <laughs> serving spoon. Okay, so ladle. A ladle. So <laughs> ladle a spoon. So. Okay. I, I can't, I'm going to. Do you sure... realize the,
0: like the last thing Kyle's ever going to remember about Kyle, uh, Cardinals underground, not Kyle underground Cardinals underground is going to be about spoons. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: going to tell everybody, just fast forward to the 45 minute yeah. Mark. If you want your spoons talk,
3: you know, I could, I could save that, uh, make <laughs> I mean, you think of another thing. Here's... Paul, Paul had mentioned the, the, the backup punter, the second punter, oh, boy. his yeah, name, oh, yeah. Tyler Newsom out of yep. uh, Notre Dame. Yeah.
1: But he's got a great flow.
3: Yeah. He, he's got the hockey hair. Uh, I just happened to be looking, uh, scrolling the gram as the kids say, <laughs> last week, and yeah. I saw, it, out of all people, Luis Zendejas, former oh, NFL man. kicker. Yep. Uh, he had he has a football field in his backyard with goalposts, and he has kicking camps all free for local high school kids, college, and even pros. Matt Prater, wow. and Tyler Newsom were out there. Uh, n- nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. They were just working on their skills. Newsom was holding for Prater.
2: Oh, and, uh, buddying up a little bit, Paul. Yeah, wow. maybe. However, go.
3: the thing that was bizarro land. I lo- I was looking. I'm like, what's that in the background? He has like 20 live chickens just roaming the field. <laughs> so talk about distraction. You know, that's you know Prater's working on his focus. Go to Luis Andejas's house, and you've got chickens roaming around his backyard, where an NFL kicker honing his craft, trying to uh, simulate I, I, the crowd. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting i
1: thought you were going to say classic cars because Luisa and dejas is a avid car collector <laughs> and, and car restorer so uh, but chickens okay well.
3: he has a huge backyard so uh, chickens. yeah, yeah I, I just the nfl this is the nfl right you go oh, let's go work on some kicks <laughs> with about right. 20 chickens roaming <laughs> that's right.
1: around that's right the reason Kyle is pulling the plug is because he's going to look real bad at the end of camp when my whole punter theory comes true. So he's been belittling <laughs> me, mocking me. No, I don't care that they. Thing.
2: I don't care that they signed a guy. I just didn't think they were going to draft one.
1: <laughs> well,
2: go ahead and sign whoever you want for the minimum.
1: That's cool. And you realize what was a late sixth round, early seventh round. There was a run on long snappers in the 2021 draft. So why not punters? That's,
2: that's why I'm hoping. I think it was Tay Gowan that was taking like one pick right after. <laughs> oh, I hope, long snapper. I do hope he becomes the Tom yeah. Brady of corners and yeah. the people that chose the long snapper no, one snapper. pick before are going to feel
1: real bad. Instead of a six-one corner who can run. Exactly. So, yeah, that's uh... – By the way, <laughs> since you're not going to be there, Kyle, on the first day of media availability, Cliff Kingsbury is going to have a big group of media members around him. Kyler Murray's going to have a big media scrum, and then I'll be the guy over there talking to Bruno LaBelle. <laughs> How many spoons? Exactly. I'll be getting the, that I can
2: only think of five. That'll be me. Does a ladle count?
1: Because you know what? I've, I've done all the football stuff, you know what I mean? At this point until, until the regular <laughs> season, I'd rather hear about the spoons. Then you
2: go, Tyler, wait, so wait, I'm going to talk to you after I'm done yeah. with Bruno. Okay. Andy Lee, wait, wait.
1: All right. So apparently, uh, at this point, uh, I'm going to save myself uh, where there's any credibility left at this point. <laughs> uh Kyle, is there anything you want to say? You know, any sort of speech you had prepared here at the end of this Cardinals Underground? And by the way, I should mention that this year's Hall of Fame inductions, did you see they put a limit on the speeches, the length of speeches?
0: They did. Six minutes. Snipers. They're going to have snipers.
1: And if you get to eight minutes, then they go with the Academy Award style orchestra music, (laughs) and then somebody tries to usher you off, to which Peyton Manning joked, I'm good luck trying to get some of these former O linemen off the stage. Yeah, really? You know, so, uh, but, you know, any parting words from Kyle Odegaard here on this final edition of Cardinals Underground? At least for Kyle.
2: Well, at first I thought you were going to say you were going to try to induct me into the Hall of Fame, so I thought <laughs> no. that was very Please. nice of you. No,
1: take his car keys.
0: <laughs> I,
2: I think you know, like what I said in the beginning, where this has been a really fun part of the job. You know, I I grew up a writer and always thought I would just write and not do audio and video and all the multimedia that it's turned into but it's it's a fun medium to get into more in-depth conversations, more nuanced conversations. I mean you you put anything out on Twitter and so many people react to one or two lines and we can actually come here and speak for 45 minutes and I appreciate this type of conversation where you can get into more in-depth stuff and and debate leadership for 30 minutes if we have to <laughs> um, but i yeah i mean i just i've i've enjoyed it a lot and i appreciate everybody that's listened i think we've we've attracted a, a good audience and people who really enjoy listening to us every week so i'm glad to have been a part of that and i'm excited for you guys and getting a, a new third member at some point and seeing if they like analytics We'll see.
1: That's on Darren. Yeah, big shoes to fill, Darren. By One the way. requirement. Yeah, that's. Uh, look at that. For the first time ever, Kyle's actually using a, a plastic cup over there. He's got like a solo cup over there. And <laughs> Carlos wonder- stands face. Yeah, what it. exactly is in that cup? Usually, it's a it's a bottled water which he cracks to start the uh, the it's podcast. A, it's a clear
2: liquid. I'll say it's water. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> I got so three hours left, Paul.
1: Based, uh, you know, basically this Can do whatever pod- I want. This podcast. <laughs> Has gone the way of a Carlos Dansby cooking lesson on Thanksgiving morning. There was, there was a beginning and an end. There were two different people by the time we got to the very yeah. end. And the only constant was what was there was a cup with something in it. That's huge, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> huge. Kyle, it's been our pleasure. Thank you for everything. And uh, in particular, the disagreements. Okay, that's yes. what I remember
0: most. That's what I'll definitely remember most. <laughs> yes. The near fisticuffs. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> if only we had a slide for you to go down, as like the Dolphins do at their new training complex, to get from the locker room down to the first floor weight room. They have a big 30-foot <laughs> slide for the players to use. So Are we'll you have to serious? That is a, that's a true story, by the way. <laughs> There's an actual slide they've installed.
3: That's pretty cool.
2: So If they build if one
0: here, I'll come back and slide down. That's it. right. I don't know if it's a locker room or a firehouse. We'll talk to Matty C. Yeah.
3: I've jokingly said they need a fire pole from the third floor to the bottom, but, yep. you know, it'd be hard to get back up.
0: That's right. So uh, That's fair. Okay. All
1: right. No answers on Larry, but we got one on Kyle Odegaard. <laughs> so all the best on the rest of your career, Kyle. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. On this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.